Welcome to today's New Life Live podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by you. Your donations make this podcast possible. Please consider donating today using the New Life app. Visit newlife.com or call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Welcome to New Life Live with host and founder of New Life Ministries, Stephen Arterburn. For 35 years, New Life has been transforming lives one at a time thanks to the giving hearts of you, our listeners. Our goal is to provide you with wisdom from God's Word to give you hope and help in life's hardest places. If you have a question you'd like to ask today, our phone lines are open. Call 1-800-229-3000. That number again is 1-800-229-3000. Now here's Steve. Well, hello and happy Monday. It's Becky Brown and I am with Dr. Alice Benton and Chris Williams. Hi, how are you guys in California? We're doing good. We sure are. Listen, we're going to take calls for two hours, so give us a call at 1-800-229-3000. And, you know, here at New Life, we help people with all kinds of stuff. I mean, whether it's relationship stuff, mental illness, um, mental wellness, it's, you know, we just cover the gamut. And it's all with a basis in what Christ has done for us. And there's the hope that comes with all of this. But, you know, what if it is somebody else's mental illness that you're dealing with? Um, you know, I helped Steve with the book, Understanding and Loving a Person with Bipolar Disorder. And, you know, that it is a challenge when you are in relationship and you love someone who has a, a challenge with their mental illness or mental wellness. What would you guys offer? Like, how can we have good connections? And, you know, Alice, we were just talking about this at the break, weren't we? Mm-hmm. About different kinds of mental illnesses. And I think there are a couple of things we can do because we're all dealing with each other's brokenness. And sometimes that's Mm. in more extreme forms that we label mental illness, but there's brokenness in all of us. So how do we Mm -hmm. equip ourselves to handle it? Self-care is so important here. And a lot of us think self-care is selfish, but it's actually a good stewardship that keeps us fueled up so that we can enter into the difficult conversations and enter into difficult relating to other people. If we're well cared for, We're much better at loving other people. And then we can become informed. And New Life has pretty much all the resources that you need to become informed about what your loved ones are struggling with. I was telling you folks that I'm reading a book on ADD, an attention deficit disorder, because one of my family members is struggling with it. And we tend to be quick to judge that they're lazy, they've got a bad character. We, We put those labels on it. Well, as I'm getting better informed about ADD, it's developing compassion within me, it's developing understanding, and it's giving me better strategies to love that family member because I'm better informed that is beautiful chris how how can we help somebody without enabling well alice just gave me the three things we need so ready (laughs) so i got my pen ready wait me too so so alice helped us see number one we need to learn about what the thing is what is Mm. the mental disorder that this person is struggling with number two we need to learn about the person themselves Mm. how how does it show up in their lives because, you know, the truth of the matter is, for all of us who practice in this, it, you know, a diagnosis is really slippery. Mm-hmm. It happens on a, lo- on a very large spectrum, mm-hmm. and it can shift over time. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and, and people can show different features. So we must learn the person. And the second thing is this. 
or I'm sorry, the third thing that Alice pointed us to that I think is really important is that we must not lose ourselves mm-hmm. to their mental disorder. Mm-hmm. That's that's where mm-hmm. self care comes in. I need to have boundaries. Hard. I need to I, I need to know where they their struggle ends and I begin. And mm. where I end well, you know, and they begin. That is such gold. I mean, it's just, it's so perfect. But, you know, we have a whole series of books on understanding and loving. And it's everything from uh, bipolar, depression, borderline, ADD, sexual addiction, drug or alcohol addiction. And you can get a copy. You can call us at 1-800-NEW-LIFE. And it talks about the things that Alice and Chris just talked about. You know, it is hard to take care of yourself when you are focused on someone who is um, really commanding attention. And, you know, when you have a better understanding of what they might be experiencing, you can also have better self-care. That's not selfish, right, Alice? That's mm-hmm. what you said. Okay. And then and learn how to move forward, how to manage those relationships. Um, you know, in a, in a dream world, we think that everybody's perfect and they're all going to act the way we want them to. But here's reality. It doesn't always work that way. We'll be right back. <laughs> To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. We are so glad you called and we are going to go to the calls right now and we're going to talk to Ann who's calling us from Philadelphia, WBYN, and we're so glad you called. Ann, how can we help you today? Um, Good afternoon and thank you for taking my call. Um, I guess I need to give you a little bit of background information before I ask my question. Um, okay. My husband and I were married. My husband and I were married for forty years, and I found out. I'm not sure exactly how um, soon before he died, but it was a few years before he died. Um, my one brother um, had told me that my husband was um, watching pornography, and I don't know if I thought that maybe he wasn't telling the truth or if it was not really happening, so I dismissed it. And then my father died, and my brother shared um, this with me again, and I just didn't know what to make of it because, unfortunately, my brother doesn't always tell the truth. Mm. So um, my husband died six years ago, and Mm. before he died, I asked him if there was anything that he felt that he needed to get off of his chest to tell me, um, you know, before he died, and he said no. Um, I never actually asked him um, whether he was watching pornography or not, but as I think of things that happened throughout our married years, um, it it kind of indicates some of the, the things that he was doing that it is possible that he was watching pornography. So what my question actually is, is um, he died of cancer and I was caring for him um, before he died. And he left me a note um, telling me how much he loved me and how much he appreciated he was married to me. But Mm. I'm having a very difficult time um, forgiving him for this Mm. um, because now I believe it's it's actually true. Um, Mm. So I need help with that. All right, Chris, you want to start? Uh, yeah. So, and this is a really, really complicated situation. In fact, we have a name for it. It's called complicated grief. 
<laughs> when we lose someone very, very close to us, but the issues in the relationship are muddied. And, and, and like betrayal trauma does, is that it then puts everything in the past in question. And that is really disorienting. <clears throat> that is really confusing. What can I trust? Did he love me? Did he not love me? And, and what what I would start to do for with you is to to put for a moment a question mark back on the porn just for a second, because you had mentioned something I think is critically important. And it was like, hey, there are some things in our marriage that were indicative of this behavior. I think that those things. You know, maybe he was neglectful. Maybe he uh, struggled with his own mood and mood swings. Maybe there's a lot of, and, and I'm not saying any of those in particular, but that's what like, oh, I was married to this complicated man that there were some really hard things in our marriage. And that begins to then start formulating a, a deeper resolve even a letter, and maybe this is down the road with a therapist, but eventually what I want you to be able to do is write a letter to him, a goodbye letter, mm. to say, hey, here's all the things I loved and appreciated about our marriage. And that is so you can connect to the things that in the midst of what may have been some really painful and unhealthy and damaging behavior, it, that wasn't the whole story. There, er, mm. There is a redemptive part. There is a good part to our story. And in our marriage, here's the things that were really hard and difficult and maybe even painful. And then the last part of that, that is, and now I'm giving you to God. Mm. I'm releasing you. Mm. And, 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 and releasing what our marriage was so that I can move on to my future. That is beautiful. Uh, Alice, you want to add to that? And you have every right to be angry with your husband. And what a slap in the face that when you asked him, he said, no, I have nothing to confess. And you have a lot of reason to believe he did, and he withheld it until the very end. I'm angry for you that he, uh, in the face of your, of your question, he said, no, nothing. I also wonder if you're angry with yourself. Mm. And if you're holding something against yourself, perhaps because you desired to ask more directly, and you might regret not having asked that pornography question. How do you react to that, that you might be angry at yourself? You know, it's interesting. I, at times, am angry at myself for not asking, but I also feel that that was probably um, maybe something I was guarding against, thinking that maybe it's not true. Um, do I really want to go down that road? Um, I, I don't. I don't really know what to say about that. Um, I have I'm very ambivalent feelings. You had um, you had reason that. to be hesitant. Your brother wasn't trustworthy, mm-hmm. and so right. uh, you had reason to be cautious and to not be certain whether or not you should ask so directly. I I think that in addition to the righteous anger and pain that your husband may very well have betrayed you with pornography, that might be true. You think that it's true. So you have reason to be so unsettled and upset about it still. I wonder what the negative belief that has formed about yourself is because of your husband and because you didn't ask. And so can you try to fill in the blank for me that I am what because of this unresolved issue and it's a negative adjective about you? Do you know what it is in your mind? Hmm. That's an interesting question. Um... 
I guess I feel that I may have been naive. Um, mm. He often would say to me, um, you're so naive. And it was about a lot of things um, because I am, was always the type of person that found the best in people. So um, I probably wasn't dealing in reality all the time. Um, so that is the, is what I would answer your question. And with. what would you like to replace that with? What do you want to be true about you? I am what rather than naive? Well, I'm not upset that I'm naive about things. Um, I think that in some ways that's a good thing. Um, but I wish that I could just... Um, I don't feel like I've grieved his death because I feel like it was a relief. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't even know really what else to say except yeah. that um, I, I, I want to be able to forgive him so that I could close this chapter in my life. And I'm just having a really difficult time being able to do that. So, Anne, I, I hear that his his death was in part a relief and to care for someone through cancer. Oh, that must have taken such a toll on you, in addition to the unresolved questions that you had. And I think your forgiveness of him is intertwined with your forgiveness of yourself and the work that you want to do on yourself. My, my phrase for myself, Anne, is that I'm an avoider. I'm a conflict avoider, and I'm a people pleaser, and there's good things to that too, but it's gotten me into trouble. And what I've been working to grow into is I'm a courageous risk taker. And I wonder if your phrase, your, your, um, your replacement phrase is something like, I'm an optimist, but I'm an assertive optimist. I have tough conversations. I face tough things. One of the forms of therapy that can help us make that replacement and work through these, um, these still emotionally charged memories that we have and things that are unresolved is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, which is a form of trauma therapy. And, and any trauma counseling can help us get there. That particular form is very effective. So I'd ask that you combine Chris's approach, forgiving your husband, with forgiving yourself and working on your new phrase. Yeah, the, the complex grief or the complicated grief is is more common than we realize. Mm -hmm. And we want you to move forward, Anne, and the, the unforgiveness is affecting you. I would also, you know, bring the brother into the picture, mm -hmm. like you said, Alice, mm -hmm. that, you know, there's some, some resentment towards him as well. Um, but, and you know, I hope something, did any of that help you kind of move in a different direction? Um, it is, but it did. But I also want to add this: um, my brother has um, his issues, mental um, illness issues, and he is seeing a psychiatrist and was seeing a um, psychologist. And what he shared with me that they said to him was that they that um, he is to blame me for not. Um, are not doing something about this pornography. In other words, that I knew that I knew about it and that I just did nothing. And mm. that's not really true because for almost 40 years, I didn't know it. My husband was a very intelligent man, had um, a very demanding um, job, and he, um, he did, I would believe, all of this online. Um, so... I was not 
involved in any of that. So when when my brother said this to me, I was so upset because I said, how could you blame, how could your counselor or your therapist say that you're, blame, you're to blame me when I didn't even really know that this was going on? So, I mean, that's a whole other aspect. Well, um, but, you, but you know, Anne, and the same thing is true. That is his report. You don't know that the counselor or the psychologist, psychiatrist said that. And your brother has been known to lie to you before. And this could be just part of his struggle of kind of maintaining relationship with you. I'm sorry that that happened. Alice, what, what would you like to add I to that? I want to attempt a reframe because uh, your brother is a, he's a tough source to trust. And you're right to take what he says with a, with a mound of salt because we're not sure where exactly is this coming from and, and why, why is he so caught up in what your husband was doing. But the right. reframe is perhaps there's a desire to protect you. And he didn't know what to do with the information he had. If he's even accurate with the information he had, he wanted to protect you. And so maybe he is upset that this wasn't resolved, that you didn't get the healing that you needed because he hoped something better would happen for you. We, we can assume the worst about your brother, and, and that might be accurate. But in order to access some peace within ourselves, it's good to wonder, was there a positive motivation in my brother telling me and my brother wishing something more had happened? Maybe he wanted to protect you Mm. well i hope that that helps and we're going to send you a copy of the life recovery um workbook on grief there's there's a good path forward there we'll you know we'll get you connected with a counselor if that will help um along the way i you know it is so hard when there's so many voices coming at you trying to make sense of it while you're trying to do your own process and um you know, I love that you called and asked because that's a that's a first step towards the healing process. Um, you know what you said, Chris. Though that complicated grief, it really does impact us because it's not just the loss, but it's also the messages that you're having to sift through, and there's no resolution or seemingly no yeah. resolution. Yeah, there's no conversation to be had. You know, I just think about Anne, and I'm like, man, she really does need to remove her her brother from her marriage. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. really deal with the reality that she knows, like this this you know third party assessment that puts blame on her is when well, we all know that you know we, we get to work on this on a daily basis, and we know blaming the victim of betrayal for the betrayal it's if at the end of the day it's just cruelty. Mm-hmm. Right, it's right. just cruelty, and so I'm like, yeah, we don't need any more cruelty going on here. Anne needs a lot of care, a lot of compassion, because it will take time to sift through all right. of the different aspects of the life together that she had for 40 years, right? To work into the grief and through the grief, ultimately to hopefully the resolve. There's just a lot of things we got to pick out there. So yeah. I, I hope she gets into a really good grief counseling process. Well, and even a group, because I think sometimes, you know, we talk about connection and the group process can help us see ourselves for who we are, as opposed to what everybody's been telling us that we are. Mm -hmm. And um, it's it's a beautiful experience for sure. You know, um, go ahead. I was just going to say, and in the complication and confusion that happens inside of us with grief, and to think we're going crazy when we're around other people having that experience, we just know we're not alone and we are absolutely not crazy. Yeah, it is, it is, all, it is a big process. You know, we all will experience loss 
and we all have to find our way through that healing process so that we can live our life um, in a full and free way. And we'll just uh, we'll continue to pray for you, Anne, and know that uh, if you need more help, that uh, we'll get you connected with a counselor. Um, we are taking calls, 1-800-229-3000. It is Monday, and it would be a great way to start your week in a good way. We'll be right back after this. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a question or a comment, call toll-free, 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. We are still taking your calls at 1-800-229-3000. You know, this Saturday is our online Lose It For Life workshop, and you still have time to join. Uh, It includes seven teaching sessions, four and a half hours of small group process, and those are facilitated by our credentialed New Life counselors. Um, You're going to get a Lose It For Life book, an exercise ball, the the stretch bands, the exercise bands, and um, weights, which I that's kind of curious to me how we're going to send those <laughs> in the mail. But you can find out more by calling 1-800-NEW-LIFE and get all the details or go to newlife.com and click on workshops and click on Lose It For Life. But let me give you a, a testimony from Bruce who attended because we do have men and women that join us at Lose It For Life. And he says, my life before coming to Lose It For Life was unhealthy and incomplete despite all my efforts to maintain control. I carried my burdens inside and pushed away most people who tried to get close to me and become friends. This workshop has been eye-opening to a painful point at times. However, through the pain and discomfort has come so much growth mentally and spiritually. A vast amount of information and knowledge was shared and received by me, and I am leaving with a better understanding of my own thought process, which has led me to unhealthy habits. Now I can make changes and take actions leading in more positive and healthy direction. If this is something that resonates with you, if this is a step that you need to take, just give us a call. There is still time and, you know, it could be the best way to uh, get started on a new life and lose it for life. Alice. Becky, we work with Michelle Spadafora for the mm-hmm. Losing for Life weekend, and I just did one of her workout videos yesterday. And there's some workout videos I do on mute because I don't care to hear what the coach has to say. With Michelle, I turn up the volume because she yes. refreshes body, mind, soul, and spirit. She and she and Steve together are such a dynamic duo over this it weekend. It is so true. It's so true. I remember uh, I did Lose It For Life 20 years ago is when we started it. And at a, at a meal, Steve and I were sharing with some attendees. There was a woman who kept saying that she couldn't lose weight. She had tried this. She had tried that. And her name was Frances. And Steve, without missing a beat, says, well, I think you might be St. Francis of Excusey, and we need to get below <laughs> the excuses. So there's always joy when, when Steve and Michelle are working together, and so I hope that something that we have said will encourage you to join us. Mm-hmm. We're going to go to the calls, and we are going to start with Abigail, who's calling us from Washington and listens on the podcast. Hi, Abigail. How can we help you today? Well, my question is regarding... Um, hey, Abigail, we're not catching everything uh, you're saying. Could you get real close to the to the phone there so we can hear you better and repeat what you said? Thank you, Alice. Sorry. Um, should we worry about um, a loved one and their possibility of getting into eternity with God um, when the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit has great ability to to convert? an apparent non-believer and 
God knows every single thing about every single person on earth. You know, why Why would he create and then redeem us at great price, you know, of Jesus' sacrifice, only to let us slip away? I'm, uh, it's just that... Um, well, I, I, yeah. Abigail, let me ask you this. So, the first three words of that question, should we worry? And I'm wondering, who is this about, and how long have you been worried about it? Mm, no, this is, um, I heard, a, I was listening to a broadcast the other day, and um, someone was, um, brought up the question about her loved one, her child, yes. adult child. I remember that. Um, yeah, it just doesn't um, seem so cut and dry, because... There's so much that we humans don't know, and God knows every single thing, every single struggle, every and, impediment. And Abigail, that, that we, e- e- even know. though your call is is spurred on by her call, is there not an unbeliever in your life that you're concerned about as well? Not so much, um, because I've seen what people go through, and I see the progression toward believing in in a higher power. Um, even if it's a really slow progression. But I know God loves everybody. Mm-hmm. I know it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and, and there's, you know, like they say, uh, someone could change their mind at the last minute, like the thief on the cross, and, and maybe God, the Holy Spirit, somehow put it in the thief on the cross's mind, you know, to consider what Jesus was saying at a deeper level. And even if someone, you know, is very... So, um, so, so hold on, Abigail, Abigail, like you have a lot of big theological issues and questions <laughs> and statements for us. You called into a counseling show, though, so, um, but, but, but we know that those aren't, you know, s- separate from each other. Is there a question for us, like, hey, what I'm wondering is this, can you guys answer it? I'm wondering if, if I should be worried about another person's um, salvation. If, if I know <clears throat> through reading my Bible and going to church for a long time and, and I, I, would, that, I would just um, I would just use a different because we're running close to the break here. So I would just use a different term. Oh. I would be concerned okay. but my job isn't to save anybody. That's, that's God's job through Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. My job is to right. live out God's will and to show Christ's light to the world. And so that's what I would yeah. be concerned with. And, and yeah, we want to be concerned with other people and the, and the state of their soul and the condition of all of that. But the worry about it oftentimes will block our ability to live out God's will well in our lives. Mm, it's beautiful. Yeah, Abigail, we're glad you called in. I'm going to send you a copy of the One Year Bible for Women. And I hope that will encourage you. We're going to continue to take calls. You can call us 1-800-229-3000. We'll be back. I was really living a very anxiety-filled life. I turned on New Life, and the topic that day was about anxiety. And just by listening, I got relief. You can help New Life stay on the air by joining Club New Life today. When you sign up to support us monthly through Club New Life, we'll send you the new member thank you gift of the Life Recovery Bible Personal Size, the One Year Life Recovery Prayer Devotional, the New Life Journal, a New Life Pen and Highlighter, and a New Life Zipper Tote to hold it all. 
Plus, there are ongoing benefits like access to the Club New Life video library, the monthly Club New Life CD or download, quarterly resources, free shipping on purchased resources, and discounts on workshops. Call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. That's 1-800-639-5433. Support Club New Life, and together we can help hurting people find help and hope in life's hardest places. Call 1-800-639-5433 to join Club New Life today. glad you joined us for New Life Live. To be a part of the program, call 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. You know, one of the things that we do here at New Life is we create podcasts and we have three different ones. You've got New Life Live with a lot of folks that are listening right now or listening on a podcast. Thank you. Um, but we also have Life Recovery Today. Uh, Steve has done um, many shows. We've got a couple years worth of podcasts on all topics of recovery. And, you know, one of the things, you know, that I think is so challenging is people think, I don't need recovery. And yet the reality is we all need recovery. And so just check out Life Recovery Today podcast. And also he has the Going Deeper podcast where he just talks um, a little bit deeper on a lot of different subjects. And it doesn't take long, but it can make all the difference in the world. Um, Alice, did you want to follow up on that last call or you were looking for something? I do, because I don't think any of us disagree with Abigail's description of God and his care and his love for us and the way he pursues us. But he also calls the body up to speak out on his behalf. He allows us to be his mouthpiece and his hands and his feet. And so we are supposed to witness with our actions, but also with our words to the unbelievers around us so that they can get to know God through us. And two Bible passages came to mind. Uh, Proverbs 24, 11, we're to rescue those being led away to death and hold back those staggering toward the slaughter were to gently kindly warn people and invite them into God's love and his redemption but Ezekiel 3:18 it's a little bit more disturbing that if we see someone struggling then they don't know the truth and we don't speak out we are held partially responsible for their struggle because we didn't say anything now our words may not change their behavior but God calls us to speak truth with love and with grace Mm, I love that. Chris, you have anything else you want to add to that? I, you know, as, as Alice was just sharing, I just thought of some instances in my own life where people took courage to call out something that was a problem. Mm. You know, I was being a problem, and I was acting my problem out. And by courageously calling it out, they helped me wake up to it and not live in it. That is a profound form of grace. Mm, and, and, and I think that we need to recover that into grace. We're not here to weaponize it. Mm-hmm. We're here to invite people as a tool into a different, better, loving way. And mm-hmm. so to, 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 we're, we don't want, to, as another proverb says, withhold good mm-hmm. when it is in our ability to act. Right. If it's right. in our ability to act, then we need to act in that well, case. And, you know, you've heard Steve quote Proverbs 10.10 many times. People who wink at wrong cause trouble, but a bold reproof promotes peace. And sometimes you've got to disturb the peace to make peace. And that is a, that's a, you know, a way for us to minister to people and um, encourage them in their faith. I appreciate both of your insights so much, and I'm always taking notes when you're talking. So um, let's go to the calls. We're going to talk to Robin, who's calling us from San Francisco, listens on the Internet, and we're so glad you called. Robin, how can we help you today? 
I was going to get uh, resources for affordable Christian counseling. I did find a resource called Faithful Counseling, but I'm not really sure if they completely line up with my beliefs, mainly because I just came across another podcast. Um, I'm relatively new to your guys' as well, although I have heard of Stephen Arterburn and some of the other counselors. Um, this other counselor, I forget, I think it's Find a Christian Counselor, I'm not sure what the name of the podcast is, but he had recently come out as uh, gay. And while I have a really, really, really soft spot, soft spot in my heart for the LGBTQIA plus community, I, they, their beliefs, um, I cannot affirm that lifestyle because of my understanding of scripture. Well, you know, Robin, one of the things that we do here at New Life is we have a nationwide counselor network that um, these folks have been uh, credentialed by New Life. Uh, They agree with our statement of faith. And you can find that information of their statement of faith on our website as well. But we can connect you after this call uh, with our call center that will help you find somebody in your area. And we've been doing it for 35 years. We're, we're grateful to be able to help. But I wonder, since we got you on the call, Robin, is there anything that we could help you with today? Well, can I jump in with something really quickly? Sure. We definitely want to find people that can help us in therapy and counseling that, that align and, and respect our values and that we can trust. And so I really, really appreciate you traveling down that road, Robin. One of the things I'm hearing in that, though, I want to take a caution of, and I'm going to take a a little bit longer story. I'm going to take a liberty to finally get here. All right. I coach Little League Baseball. I love it. It's so much fun. So there's these, some of the hitters that come up to bat, like they are waiting for the perfect pitch to hit. And definitely in Little League, there is no such thing as the perfect pitch to hit. It doesn't (laughs) exist. There's only yeah, a hit. There's mm-hmm. only a hittable pitch to hit, and I said, "So guys, don't look for the perfect pitch to hit. Look for the hittable pitch to hit." Sometimes how that translates into our life, and I'm not saying you're like this, Rob, but but sometimes I get, I get into this. I'm looking for the perfect solution. It doesn't exist. There's only solutions that move me further down the road. And so there's no such thing as a perfect counselor. There's no such they're, they're human beings, you know. Um, yeah, for sure. And, and so in that, yeah. uh, but with that said, I think that you're asking a really, really important question. That's a huge challenge: the affordability mm-hmm. of good therapy. Mm-hmm. Listen, this this eats at my craw all the time because I understand <laughs> that I am not affordable to many, many people, and that that that's actually painful for me. And so. It is important that we point to resources. Again, one eight hundred or yeah, one eight hundred New Life. We have a nationwide, and that we can explore some options there. A lot of nonprofit Christian counseling centers offer scholarships. You know, I know of some down here in Southern California, and so explore Relationship One Eighty. You know that Mylan founded, and so it's really important to stay with it. Don't give up. Do not let financial barriers be a problem to get that hittable pitch so you can score your next run on your mental health. I love that. Well, so back to what I asked you before, Robin, how can we get you started on that journey? And would you tell us why you're looking for therapy? What's going on? Well, for several reasons. One major one that has been going on for about 20 years 
is um, I have a stepson who I've never gotten along with. There are many complicated issues that um, factor in, but because of the circumstances, I never felt, and we're talking about he was named a junior after a person that his mother knew was not the biological father, um, raised out of state for several years, and then when he was violent and out of control, then suddenly they decided, mom decided it was okay for dad to be involved in the uh, picture, tried to force the issue. Huh. And I had always seen that as the moral equivalent of giving a child up for adoption and then the adoptive parents deciding, well, our little fairy tale's not working out. And we want to return them to the biological parents. Mm. But mm. my husband, understandably so, had a lot of conflicting feelings. Mm-hmm. So there were a lot of issues going up. Um, and because of some extreme circumstances that came about, I decided I don't want a relationship with this stepson anymore. The problem is... Mm. A lot of unhealthy patterns have developed because I didn't seek counseling at the beginning of it to try to figure out healthy communication patterns. Mm, And so my husband and I are kind of at odds as far as being able to talk about it in a healthy manner. And for myself personally, trying to figure out how to address him in love but also be able to maintain my boundaries because... A problem that I've run into is if I say hello or acknowledge him in any way, it gets twisted into oh. I'm just flying with everything. It's, it's not even mm. safe to uh, greet him. T- tell us, how old is he and does he live with you? And never lived with us, and he's 30, I believe. Oh, so he still doesn't live with you, but he, he, he is in never contact have. with you and your husband. With my husband, not me. He's um, tried to contact me via my husband. And it's certainly, it's hurtful to um, try to talk with him. Um, Is he violent? Is he dangerous towards you and your husband? Are you afraid for your safety? Yes, you said yes. He has been towards my husband, but my husband views that scenario differently than I do because, um, Mm. because of the circumstances surrounding it. I don't know if my view is correct because uh, I don't have a deep understanding of those circumstances and it would take too long to go into. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, Robin, hold on. Up with me, but, hold yeah. on, Robin. We're going to go to a break and we're going to come back after the break and okay. finish the call. But we're so glad that um, you called today because, you know, it is this has been going on a long time and it affects you. Um, and I think, you know, If we can just get some clarity into next steps forward, I think that that's going to be helpful. Uh, Relationships are challenging, especially when they're disjointed and uh, not safe. And it's affecting your marriage. We'll help you when we get back. We'll be right back. To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. 
Welcome back. You know, uh, we're talking with Robin, and uh, we're talking about affordable Christian counseling. You know, one of the things that we do here at New Life is we have a scholarship fund for people to donate to to help people get to workshops. And so if you'd like to be part of that scholarship giving, give us a call at 1-800-NEW-LIFE, and we'll connect you with how to do that, and it'll make a difference in someone's life. But let's go back to Robin. Uh, Chris, you had a great saying, and I don't know if you were to, <laughs> to start off with. Robin, I was just so impressed. I was so impressed that you recognize a problem and a solution that's near and dear to your heart and that you're seeking help and you're saying, hey, I have this barrier in the way and can we move past it? Can I find the help that I need without this barrier? And so that's just a person with great wisdom and humility. Um, We need more Robins because Mm -hmm. the world is full of unhealthy Batmans. (laughs) <laughs> the, the, the unhealthy Batman is 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 that that thing inside of us that wants to rescue and find the signal and go out and save the day, but is suffering alone in silence mm-hmm. and going it alone and being stuck in the same thing over and over. In a world full of Batmans, we need more Robins, and you are the Robin to show us how it's done. Mm-hmm. Well, and so, Robin, we're talking about your relationship with your stepson, and and I think even more so with your husband, um, who's at the center of this. Uh, let's hear what Alice has to say. Let's get started on this. Robin, I'd have you identify the three, there may be more, but three of the behaviors that your stepson presents that you are unwilling to engage with. And so maybe it's his uh, verbal harassment, his physical aggression, maybe there's substance use involved. And I, and I want you to come to a statement of, I am un, unwilling and unable to interact with my stepson as long as these things, these three things continue. But I, I don't want you to make it a forever statement. Robin, because we, we, we always should hold on to the hope that that may possibly change. So I'm not willing to engage while these things are continuing, but then you identify the three signs of safety that you need. But if he enters into therapy, if he becomes sober, if he shows that he can treat us kindly, then I'm willing to reconsider. And you set your, your lines in the sand like that. What, what would those three behaviors be that you are unwilling to tolerate? Well, first of all, those are good trains of thought because my thought process was because there's been so much toxicity for so long and I felt that no matter what this kid does, somehow the blame always gets turned on me, for example. Mm. One of my big issues is when he has stayed with us, and I don't mean like living, I mean kind of visiting as an adult, he would engage in behaviors that I found to be very inconsiderate and rude, and then somehow the blame would be put on me, because when I would try to set boundaries nicely, they would get ignored, and so I would get enraged and pissed, and basically set the boundaries that way, and just become so intolerable to him that he didn't want to visit. That would be one. Another would be, I'm not sure what you would call this behavior, but he's on several occasions, I would be in the room with him and he would try to force me into a conversation like, aren't you going to say hi to me? Um, so I don't know what that was about or how to respond. Um, another would just be gaslighting, I think, but I'm not sure if that's the right term because there's so much about gaslighting out there, but I'm not sure if I have the correct understanding of it. 
Mm. Well, I, I, can I just shift this in a slightly different direction? So, yes, sure. absolutely. Stay with Alice's suggestion because there's behaviors that you don't need to be a part of that are harmful to you. But I think another question that is important that is actually within your control is this. There's something in me that I don't like that comes out when he's around. Mm-hmm. And that's what I get, uh, that's what I need to work on. My work is how it is understanding who do I want to be in this relationship. Because although I would like for him to be different, again, I'm not in control of that. I'm powerless against that. But I would like to be different mm-hmm. in this re- I would like to not be as disturbed and disrupted by his behavior. But there's a trigger in me yeah. that gets lit up. That's what I've got to go to work on. And he, Robin, mm-hmm. he probably reminds you of somebody else probably earlier on in your life. And so the similarity in how he behaves is bringing up some old feelings and some old reactions from you. Do you know who that other person is that he seems like? Possibly my stepdad who's passed away. He was um, pretty temperamental, and the way my mom dealt with him was kind of by walking on eggshells around him. Mm. Um, He's since passed away. As far as, like, my biological father... I never knew him. I think I have one memory of him, but I'm not even sure if it's a real memory. He, um, so that, he kind that, of walked out of the picture at an early age. That's good that you're quickly able to identify. There's been disruption in past relationships, and that's probably fueling and exacerbating the way you feel around your stepson. I'll be honest that I I was a little surprised by the examples you gave. I was thinking a higher level of physical danger, although these things are very disruptive. I don't want to negate that or minimize that. And I'm sure there's more to the story that you haven't told us. I'm absolutely sure about that. But I want you to be cautious in, in how you withdraw from him. So the Bible gives us permission to withdraw from people who have chronic unrepentant behavior who are not willing to change even when we've addressed them but we are called to address them and to identify what they're doing that we will no longer tolerate and if if they won't change after one conversation alone and then a conversation with a witness then we have the biblical permission to pull back and to pull away from them but we should give them a very clear warning of what we dislike and what we will do if their behavior continues while including the humility that we know our anger or our reactivity can sometimes make things worse, and we're working on our part, too. You know, uh, one thing that I think that would be helpful for Robin at this point, um, Robin, we'll connect you with a counselor. I'm going to send you a copy of Healing is a Choice. But you guys, what about the marriage? Because yes, this is yes. the conversation that has to be brought in. Yes. So, this why don't you go with I that? just think the marriage has a solution, to be honest. I think that there are patterns of behaviors that we see like that get fleshed out really, really well in how we love and the mm-hmm. work in how we love and getting into marital counseling to see what is going on on the inside of us. How do we reveal that to each other? And then how do we work through that in a healthy way? So, yeah, so, that, so that I can show up to relationships as the person I would like to be. Right. Well, because I would say, Robin, you're probably not feeling supported or heard by your husband in this situation. He's caught because it's his son. It's all those dynamics come into play. We'll send you a copy of How We Love, too. I am pulling a steam one more time. (laughs) We are so glad you called, Robin, and we're going to connect you with somebody else. Do you have anything else for Robin before we go? Robin, I, I think that you are on the right track knowing that you need help with this. And so keep persevering to find a good enough fit, and we'll help you find that therapist that can walk you through this. 
Yeah, you know, this whole time of just trying to figure out what end is up, right? Like when you when you have somebody in your life that is triggering, but then trying to make sense out of how this all works together can be so confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's a way forward. Uh, you know, uh, Becky, go ahead, can I jump Chris. in with some? Okay, yeah. so I just thought of this. Like it was just came c- coming to me. It's like. There's a, a verse in Psalm 34. I've got to hurry up with this. It says, seek peace and pursue it. Mm. A lot of times we're, we're looking for peace to happen to us. Right. The same thing is with help. We're looking for help to happen to us, but we must seek it and pursue it. Robin mm. shows us that we need to seek and pursue what we want, what is good, what is right, what is healthy. If we mm. want more peace in our life, we can't passively wait for it to happen to us. That's the, you know, the imperative. Call us. Call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Get help today. Don't stay stuck. That's right. We're here for you. Thank you, Alice. And thank you, Chris. And thank you for listening today, everybody. And uh, if you need anything, you know where to find us. Call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Thanks for listening. We hope this program has helped you by giving you insights for handling the challenges you face in your life. We want you to know that we're here for you. But you also need to know that New Life Live is a listener-supported ministry. To make your donation or to get any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. That's 1-800-639-5433 or write to us at New Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1029, Lake Forest, California, 92609. Please join us again tomorrow for New Life Live. Today's podcast can be downloaded through iTunes or streamed through your mobile device using the New Life app. Visit newlife.com to download the app today.